I feel like the, the analogy I kept giving people, it's as if you're constantly training for the Olympics and you know you got a long shot at a medal. This is the story of that long shot medal. That hope and vision of three women who worked tirelessly to make their dream of starting a charter school a reality. You know, I think the thing that's really interesting in charter schools is I think there's sort of two philosophies that are behind them. And one is, you know, charter schools should sort of take over district public schools. Like they do it better, they do it quicker, they do it for less money, they score better on tests, da, da, da. And the other, they're meant to be think tanks you know, to sort of grow these new test practices that then can be spread to the district public schools and, you know, save everyone all the time. That's Jennifer Daly, one of the three co-founders of the new Bridge Boston Charter School. And her philosophy borrows from the Epiphany School full-service model in Dorchester, where she worked with Cheryl Alexander, then a board member. We had the sign-off of our families, which is critical to get. Always get sign-off from families. Um, and then we started talking around other people who could help us, other educators, other people in finance, other people who were um, knowledgeable of organizations, writers, and then a key thing was when Ellen decided, Ellen Williams, our third co-founder, decided to join us in March. Um, and so we felt that the three of us really were obligated almost to move forward with what we think is a compelling mission. The mission was to be challenging, joyful, inclusive, and focusing on the whole child concepts Ellen Williams had come across during her year at the Ed School. I had gotten increasingly interested in the idea of charter schools throughout the year at the Ed School. I think I already had visited some charter schools and thought about them, but I think particularly in Kamer Seth's class where we talked a lot about school reform. She talked a lot about charter schools. I wound up reading her book. And then through the spring, even though I really liked my student teaching, really felt like what I wanted to do was to start out as a teacher, um, and those were the other jobs that I was looking at were specifically teaching jobs, it just seemed like a fairly amazing opportunity to be able to, to do this. I had had another really fabulous course in the spring, which was with um, Dick Elmore, and I think his um, class, which is about instructional improvement, really got me thinking a lot about school culture. One of the things he talks about a lot, and we talked about a lot in the class, were all the ways and how difficult it is to change school culture. And one of the exciting things about starting a school is that you don't have a culture to change. You know, you're creating school culture. And even though that's not easy, it's really a whole different kind of challenge. So I think that piece of it was very exciting. In order to start this charter school, Ellen, Cheryl, and Jen would have to do exactly what the name implies. Just write a charter. Oh, so many, so many hours around Ellen Williams' dining room table. Um, we set up camp there and worked um, separately and together, sending each other drafts. Um, we had a lot of the same ideas. So the, the critical thing was that we were together in our vision. Um, that was the essential thing, that we didn't have any air between the three of us. And then we had different skills so that each of us, generally how we worked, is that each of us would take sections and do a first draft and then send it around and then the three of us would meet to kind of, not line by line, but sometimes line by line. I would say we wrote hard from April, you know, till it was due in October or November, you know. Um, 
And, um, you know, some of that was done remotely and some of that, there were definitely deadlines during which, you know, Cheryl and I and Ellen were all sitting around Ellen's dining room table with stacks of papers in front of us. My dining room table has been the home of uh, board meetings. It has been the home of lots of uh, compiling mailings. You know, it's, I think like in a lot of startups, you know, we didn't have a physical place and literally my house was the physical place. So, um, you know, many meetings, you know, that it's been an odd place to have literally uh, temps have come work there. All, all possible things that you might think would happen in an office have happened, you know, in that space. I suppose a kitchen table also could have sufficed, but aside from the writing and the furniture, the charter process was also about planning, timing, and managing deadlines. The final application for us was about 165 pages. And so if you had waited to start until you knew that you were a finalist, oh my goodness, um, I don't know that you could do it because we had pretty rigorous deadlines of uh, step points so that we knew that we could be ahead of schedule. We never wanted to be um, working at the last second and driving the thing up to the DESE office. And yet through much of that year, you don't know if you're going to be opening a school or not. So, you know, you're pricing nutrition systems and, you know, services for kids in order to be able to put that into your budget. But you honestly don't even yet know if you have a school. And so I think in an, an odd way that uncertainty in and of itself, but then the uncertainty that comes with it is that we've all talked about this a lot, is there are lots of things that you're constantly only able to do halfway. You know, you can kind of tee them up, but you can't really sign any contracts. You don't want to take out a lease. You can't really hire anybody. All that piece of it, and I think that idea of kind of keeping that momentum going, even knowing that it might not happen. With such an arduous process, hoping for the best and expecting success, but never really being sure, I wondered if there was ever a moment they gave up hope. There was a point where we thought, this just really isn't going to happen. And I'll tell you when it was. It was when we had sent in the prospectus, but we're waiting to hear if we were invited to submit a final application. And the other schools in Boston that had applied are so extraordinarily strong. They do wonderful things with great people every day. And they wanted many, many more schools so that we knew that for us to get a school charter, some of these other extraordinary schools wouldn't be able to have as many schools as they wanted. And we thought, oh, you know, that the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education has to take a chance on us. And we submitted the best application. So our thought was, well, should we just pull the plug? I mean, this is taking thousands of hours. I can't even tell you how much time this, this takes. And our thought was, well, you know, should we just pull the plug? We can have happy lives doing something else. And our feeling was, no, that we have something, a mission that is very compelling, that we want to do this, and we want to give it our best shot, knowing that this could be completely wasted time. And we're just going to put our heads down, do the best job we can do, and just go for it. Bit of a spoiler alert, but the work that these three women did paid off. They got their charter, their school, a building, teachers, staff, students, families, opening up for the first time this past September. Role models in many ways. I asked Ellen any advice for some of those embarking on a similar vision. Yes, and I would say in terms of advice that even though the 
three of us were working most intensely and were doing the majority of the work in terms of actually writing the application, that we got a huge amount of advice from a large number of other people. And I think that, I think more than anything is what I would say to people is go visit lots of schools, talk to people at different charter schools. You know, I talked to people at the ed school when I wanted to think about, you know, um, like reading curricula, Catherine Snow answered my email and, you know, told me what the various options were. Um, and I think that more than anything is just asking lots and lots of people. You know, we certainly put together a terrific board, which was incredibly helpful for us. I know Kamer Seth who's on our board. She was amazing in terms of reading our application and helping with that. We put together a large curriculum committee to, of people who had experience with the early grades since none of the three of us had experience with younger grades and the curriculum committee was incredibly helpful with that. So I would say mostly just that branching out. You know, we went to, I can't even remember now, 16 different schools and it, it helps a huge amount, you know, to see practices that make sense and to see other practices that while they work very well for that particular school may not be exactly what you want to do in your own school. We'll be checking in with these women from time to time, keeping our finger on the pulse of starting a charter school, growing it, and of course, the challenges that come along the way. And we do this because urban education is important, as Jennifer Daly shares this final thought. One day last week, I, um, I, I left here and I was really exhausted. And I was driving up Talbot Ave to go, to, to go on a home visit to a four-year-old, and the police were stopping everyone. So I stopped and they handed something to my car and I said, what's going on? And he said, oh, there was a four-year-old shot in the park last night. Um, and we're, you know, we're really trying to figure out who did it and solve it. He said some kid just rode up, you know, and sprayed. And, uh, you know, it's in those moments. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what we need. We need a lot of schools that are going to really hold kids close and awaken their potential and keep them safe.